What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the All Things Croatia podcast. I'm your host, Stan Kozovac, and I'm bringing you the best of Croatia from around the globe. This episode is brought to you by Adriatic Tours, the best place since 1974 to book your cruises, tours, flights, and simply all things Croatia. Use the personalized code ALLTHINGSCROATIA to get a special discount and book your trip to Croatia today. For more information, go to www.adriatictours.com or click the link in the description. Now eat the modalje and let's get started. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. On this week's episode, we have special guest Peter Petsotic. Peter is an Australian Croat who decided to film a documentary called Countryman about retracing his father's journey in Australia after leaving the Dalmatian coast. Events take a turn when he meets an artist who believes he also has Croatian roots and the two attempt to reconnect with their heritage together. In this episode, we're going to hear more about Countryman and the man behind it. Peter, thanks for coming on the podcast. Hey, Stanko. Thanks so much for inviting me. Really good to be here. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on. And I have to say, I really enjoyed the documentary. I thought it was really interesting. And, uh, you know, especially since sort of events take a turn, you know, at a certain point in the documentary and it becomes something that you didn't even, you know, set out to, to film. And um, before we sort of get into that, can you talk a little bit about your heritage and background? You know, you, of course, talk about a lot of that in the documentary. Uh, your father was from Korchula. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm an Australian born, um, first generation Australian born. Um, I used to live in, in um, Shanghai for many years and I'd, I'd run into people that would call themselves ABCs uh, or BBCs, American born Chinese or British born Chinese. And I'd say, oh, yeah, I'm an ABC too. And they go, you don't look like an ABC. <laughs> and I'd say, Actually, I'm an ABCD, Australian born Croatian Dalmatian. And I'd always get very confused reactions by that. Um, I'm a product of two waves of migration. So my late father came from Korčula. He, um, after the Second World War, he studied in, in what was Czechoslovakia and Prague, studied engineering and then all of a sudden had to get out of Czechoslovakia because of the, the, the Tito-Stalin split or something. So overnight he was uh, needing to get out and um, got back into that country and they were wondering how did he get back in there and um, so easily, but he, he managed to just talk his way out of two, two sort of um, awkward situations. And his um, elder sister had migrated to, to Sydney in the 30s and so after he finished his degree and went back to Korchula, he decided to do his practical side instead of Prague in Sydney. And he, and he came to Sydney uh, in 1956, that was. So that's one migration role. And my mother is from Pelyashats, which uh, for those who don't know, uh, the, the geography is basically right across the channel. Uh, from Korchula, it's a peninsula, and of course we all know that famous bridge that's just been opened up, the Pelishki Most, that has uh, finally uh, connected the whole of uh, Croatia by land together. Um, and she comes from there and she migrated to New Zealand. There was a large wave of uh, specifically Dalmatian Croatians that went from the late 1800s or maybe even earlier towards the 1860s or something all the way up until uh, the First World War and just post First World War. So it's this large wave of migrants that came from there to New Zealand. My late grandfather was a very typical Dalmatian. He worked in the Merchant Navy 
um, back in those days in, in Pelishats and Korachula, like your career opportunities would be to be in the Merchant Navy, to be ultimately Capitan, you know, that would be the ultimate um, uh, career. And so he, he was on those ships traveling huge distance in, in today's terms, going from Pelishats all the way to New Zealand, the end of the earth practically. And he saw the opportunity of the communities that were building up there and he eventually started working on the land there. It was called cowry gum. It's this gum that comes from these trees called cowry trees. And there was an industry going on in the north part of the North Island of New Zealand where Dalmatian diggers were digging up this cowry gum and, uh, and then it was being exported. And the New Zealand government were allowing uh, people from what was then Austria, and they were very, very strongly saying that they're not Austrians, uh, to come to New Zealand and to migrate. And my late grandfather was going backwards and forwards. He married in Belichatz and had kids. And eventually, uh, my mother, when she was three, and her two elder sisters and and her mother, my late grandmother, did this epic trip in 1936, which was sort of like that put bez povratka, you know, like that trip of no return where they said goodbye to their grandmother forever and came all the way to the end of the world to New Zealand. So she she grew up on a, eventually my late grandfather had a dairy farm with his capital. He purchased a dairy farm. There are um, Croatians in all industries in New Zealand and very famous in the wine and fishing industry and not so famous in dairy. And he had a dairy farm. I used to run around on it as a kid. I used to go there every year. And mum grew up there. And then she did the typical thing, which is sort of a birthright for both Australians and New Zealanders. No matter what your cultural or ethnic background, after you graduate, you go to London. And so she was on her way to London back in the 1950s. And on the way, she stopped in Sydney and she went to some uh, Croatian ball uh, and she met my dad. And I think they were so shocked that they came from literally next door to each other as far as heritage places are concerned. And anyway, my, my mother still went and did a year in London, but um, my dad waited. And uh, when she came back um, to Sydney, they went back together to, to New Zealand and married. So there's this um, story of, of two sort of migration waves that came together. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, for me, um, yeah, I know, I know. And, and so for me, yeah, I was born in, born in Australia, uh, born in Sydney, grew up there. And yeah, there's a, a, a large community of, of, of us more um, mm. all over Australia. And yeah, I'm just, just one of them, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, you mentioned in the film that when your father had immigrated, he brought two things over with him. Can you, can you tell us uh, what those were? Yeah, so I think this was my first introduction to, to country, what the concept of, um, say, country is in, in, in an Australian term as well. Uh, country is something that's um, uh, not, not defined by a, a map or a border, but something that, that's almost like a, a metaphysical rather than physical. And, and dad introduced that to me when I was a kid. He, he got out from the back shed, these two jars. And one of the jars had this sort of red soil, very rich Plotner looking soil. And the other one had some seawater in it. And he told me that these were the two jars that were given to him by his mum, my Baba, at the time of 1956, when he was leaving to come to Australia. And, and they were given to him so that he'd never forget the 
the country, the land and the sea that he, he came from. And he introduced that to me when I was a little nipper, we'd say a young fella, to sort of introduce to me what country is and what ancestral country is. And he also said to me at that time, and I was way too young to think about real estate or, or commodity or anything like that, but he, he said to me when I was that young, he said, son, see you more, you know, uh, when, when you grow up, uh, and, and these lands, these bolia, the, the, the uh, olive groves, the, the, the vineyards and a little bit of little house here and there or not much. But, you know, um, he, he said that that's something that I can never sell. And it never crossed my mind, of course, at that point. But before I even asked, he goes, I'll tell you why. Uh, those are ancestral lands and they won't be yours to sell because they belong to the ancestors and your job is to keep them for the potomci, for the for the next generations. So he, he was basically teaching me custodianship of the land uh, and instilling that into me at a, at a very, very early age. Yeah. And, you know, that sort of becomes a big theme as well in the documentary um, as it gets further on. And I want to talk about that, but, you know, it sort of turned into something you didn't expect. What was your at first main goal with the documentary? Uh, the main goal wasn't even a documentary. The main goal, okay, COVID had gone on and I'm, I'm typical, I think we're all very typical us of Croatian heritage where uh, the more and more often we can, the more and more often we'll spend time on that country, you know. And so because of COVID, um, Australia was like a mini North Korea. You couldn't go in and you couldn't go out. And so we were stuck. And so what I decided to do was to get a camper van and just, explore the country of my birth because I, I hadn't really done too much of that in recent years. As I mentioned before, I lived as an expatriate in, in, in Asia and then I'd come back to Australia on business and to see family and friends. But I'd also take advantage of being much closer to Europe and go often to, to Croatia and to Europe. And so that was my habit for, for years and years and years. And so suddenly I'm um, stuck and stationary. And this is not such a bad thing, actually. I think it's one of the positive things that came out of the catastrophe of COVID is for people not to, you know, there's that expression, that we're rushing and rushing around, but only rushing to the grave, you know, and we do that a lot with travel. So to, to have stayed in one country um, was actually not such a bad thing. So I, I, I got a camper van, I'm a surfer, so I put in the longboard and was planning to do the East Coast. And then I decided to reenact this road trip that my late father went on before he married, just two years into his um, tenure of living in Australia, being a migrant. He decided after two years of working in an engineering company that he'd done his practical of his engineering degree. They were making mining equipment and all other sorts of things that uh, someone who'd studied engineering could really get their teeth around because Australia was very much in a boom at that time. Still is in some sort of ways. Uh, he decided in, impromptu to go up north to Cairns, which is 2,000 plus kilometres north, with a mate who had this <laughs> Jaguar, like a 1956 Jaguar of all things. And he decided to do that trip and he, and he told me about it numerous times and I was always infatuated by that trip because going up to Cairns back in those days would be like going to Papua New Guinea nowadays from Australia. It was very undeveloped, just tropical and not an easy place to be. But he had some mates from Smokvica, which is the village in, on Kortichula, and probably some relatives up there too. And he wanted to visit them. So I decided to reenact this road trip. 
and I was having drinks with um, a couple of mates and one of them said, make a film about it. I went, oh, that's a really good idea. I can make an ethnographic film and um, none, none of those people unfortunately have survived, but I can go and meet the descendants of those migrants and, uh, and interview them and find out what their lives are like after their, and we all know that so many of our grandparents had, had had such hardship in migration and also back back in the old country. But to see what their lives are like and also to explore uh, what, if anything, informs them as an Australian, their cultural background, whether it be language, whether it be, you know, football, whether they be going to a church, whether they be having some mentality, whether it's fishing, whatever it might be, I just want to get an idea. And, and so that, so the, the genesis of it was actually COVID and then wanting to do a road trip. And then someone just gave me the idea and I, I, I thought it was a very good idea. Pethard, his name is as well, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that was the genesis of the, the trip. Mm -hmm. And then you end up, how early on did you end up meeting Joseph? And then can you talk a little oh, bit about who Joseph is and, and how everything happened after that? Yeah. So, so Joseph Williams actually met just before that going before COVID actually. Uh, so I work um, professionally in, in uh, exhibition and event production uh, in, in the cultural world or in, in, in B2B enterprise communications or even a little bit in political. And that's sort of a day job that I do. And, and, and so I've done a lot of art exhibitions as well you know, in the past, but art exhibitions like when I was in China where the, uh, where the State Department would be putting on an exhibition of um, art covering the history of the US and they put it on at the uh, National Art Museum of China in Beijing just to sort of try to uh, create um, better friendship and understanding which is what we need more than ever in these days man uh, through art and so I, I ha have an agency that that facilitates that sort of process anyway long story but I'll, I'll tell you it there so I, I also um I practice vipassana meditation, which is a form of meditation where you just go silent and go into a, a temple and maybe for up to eight, 10 days, you're just uh, observing consciousness. It's a bit out there, but I was doing that. Um, and one of my colleagues who you don't talk to, but she's been going to this same place for a long time. And, and she's got a PhD in a colonial Australian woman in contact with uh, indigenous communities. That's what her PhD was in. She's an artist herself, Dr. Erica Izet, and she was at the time the manager of a cultural centre in the desert country in the Northern Territory called Ninkanyunyu, where Yugi also worked. Now, at that temple, uh, I don't know, you, you heard about those big bushfires we had a, a couple of years ago? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so we're merrily having our silent meditation practice and then five days into a 10 day uh the the secretary of the temple says uh we've got to evacuate we've got a bushfire coming so all right so we're going out of silence into talking and erica's just opposite me and she just looks at me and goes oh i think you can help me and it's like okay you know like let's evacuate and let's make the temple safe but and she told me that she was working on the sydney biennale it's a modern art exhibition happens every two years in sydney uh th that theme of that biennale was about it's called nirin which is a um i think it's a a dargal wo word 
I'm not sure, but it's an Indigenous Aboriginal work for living on the edge. And so the, the theme of this modern art exhibition was of First Nations peoples from all around the world to present their modern art based on this theme of living on the edge. And it's not only living on the edge of being a First Nations person in the colonial society that you find yourself to be born in, but it's also living on the edge of the First Nations culture that you're a product of. And, and you know, in some ways we have those parallels as we, uh, us Croatian diaspora, where, where I felt it anyway growing up in Australia, where, hang on, I'm not quite on the edge. I'm, I'm, I'm on the edge of this colonial, colonial, which was far more Anglo-Saxon Australia when I was growing up in the 70s and 80s. But also when I went over to Croatia, boy, I was very much on the edge of, you know, the, the Croatian culture, like not really a part of that. So where are you? Somewhere in between. Anyway, so that art exhibition uh, that Erica was involved with, she asked me to help. And so it had uh, a group of artists from Tennant Creek, where Erica was based in at the time, called the Tennant Creek Brio, a collective. And this body of work, I helped Erica to sort of journey map how that section would work within the Sydney Biennale exhibition at a place called Cockatoo Island, uh, which features in the film, by the way. But uh, she had funding to, to fly me to, to Tenner Creek. And I said, yeah, for sure, take me. I'll, I'll, I'll be there. I'll go now. I was very excited to, to go to, um, to a remote community and to engage, not just as a tourist, but actually to engage in a project like that. It was really exciting. And uh, she said, oh, by the way, one of the artists really wants to meet you. And I said, why is that? And she goes, I think his dad comes from the same part of Europe as your dad comes from, but I don't know because his dad left when he was young. I said, well, what's his name? She said, Joseph Williams. I went, oh, no, that's not, that's not from the part of Europe that, uh, that my parents are from. And she said, yeah, but his nickname's Yugi. I went, oh, <laughs> Yugi. Oh, okay, no, that's possible then. Yeah, no, that's got a pretty high possibility. So anyway, I met him in Tennant Creek and he gave me his surname and I, I looked up the surname and I wasn't quite sure exactly what part, definitely from the region, but, but not exactly which part because um, it's a name that can be from any part of the region. Uh, but my mum straight away was saying, oh no, he's definitely a Dalmatian. I said, why is that? Because oh, Dalmatians travel everywhere, but, but everyone travels everywhere. Anyway, so when I met him at that time, uh, I, he was very interested because he's, uh, he's very, with his mentality, he's very uh, uh, linked in with Warramungal culture and, and a very living culture where they still initiate and, and practice uh, what they call business and ceremony and are very, very uh, tied with country, the land, and also ancestry. They call them skin tight, all, all sorts of complex um, and very living culture. And so with his prism of understanding of culture, he wanted me to explain this big gap in his life, uh, which is from his uh, paternal side. So I, I, I was just teaching him what I could while I was there. And then when they all came to Sydney for the Biennale, just before COVID came in, I had this sort of, I'm in a place in Sydney called Bondi Beach, maybe it's like Venice Beach in LA, and I had this sort of Balkan Bondi Beach bash, <laughs> and I put it on for all the artists, but I had, you know, uh, Oliver or whatever other music, and, and Chevape and Burek and, 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 and Shlivovica, and, and brought around a few friends, and, and also took them surfing, which was a big deal for a lot of them, because a lot of them had never seen the ocean before, let alone gone in the ocean, and I got them on surfboards, but just had this sort of uh, induction into 
into our culture. And anyway, so that, I, I developed that uh, friendship, a professional uh, uh, relationship, but also friendship, which I sort of, before I went on that road trip. And then when I'm on that road trip, as you said, things uh, took a turn. And I'm very much a believer in uh, the, uh, the saying that a good traveler is not too fixed on the destination. And so when I was up in far north Queensland meeting with all that mob of uh, descendants who were very kind uh, and, and let me into their homes and very trusting and generous that they would tell their stories that I recorded that you saw. But then the New South Wales Queensland border closed because of a wave of COVID. So I'm stuck up there. And then I checked online and the Northern Territory border was still open. So I contacted Joseph and said, hey, can I come back over there? Because I'm kind of stuck up here. And he said, yeah, come. And so then I'm suddenly on country, but this time filming and and asking Joseph what informs him, uh, his identity uh, of, of his paternal background. And of course, he's got a gap there. So he ends up putting the camera on me and saying, well, you tell me, mate, you know, and so then begins this exploration. And then the film becomes Joseph's as well as mine, because and then it starts to, to grow into his story and not only his story from his Croatian heritage, but his story also from his Warramungal heritage. And so as much as I'm teaching him about our, our uh, culture and our practice and our ways and our struggle and our story, he's telling me his. And so now we're going in a real sincere cultural exchange because I really want to know this as an Aussie that's first generation to learn something about a 60,000 year odd culture that's continuous that he's mm. representing right in front of me. But he's really wanting to fill that uh, what, what we'd call a, a break in the song line. There's a term song lines, which is just uh, understanding the history or the, or the physicality of a place through song, but through verse but effectively through through a lineage, through, through a line. And so that's where the, the film took a very different path because we're, we're now exploring not only the, the European background, but also the very, very ancient Australian uh, First Nations of many cultures that exist in Australia like mm -hmm. that. Yeah, it was a very, very much a film about identity and, and culture, as you said. Um, hence the name countrymen you know i think is that where you is that where that comes from you were talking about the concept of country you know earlier on um yeah that came from joseph actually because um while i was spending time with joseph on country in 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 tennant creek and warrimore country and then we went down alice springs because they had an art exhibition down there it's called desert mob which is a, a congregation of all desert artists that come together every year and while I was down there and we'd party a little bit and have a bit of fun and he'd, he'd start calling me, hey, my countryman, where you going, mate? And I'd be going, hey, my countryman, like this. So we just yeah. were kind of, uh, that became our sort of nickname for each other. And, and, and so it was very natural that the, the film could be called Countryman, but also the idea of um, uh, Zemliak as well, that word, um, which has got far more, I think, uh, um, ev evocation of connection to country, of country, you know. So we, we kind of, it's called Countrymen, but we also have, as you see in, saw in the credit titles, we have uh, after that Zemyak and, and, and Manuwalji, which is the Warramongal word also for, for countrymen. But yeah, that's how Joseph kind of pretty much, it was inspired through Joseph, that, the name, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, well, Joseph ends up meeting, um, meeting again with his dad, who he hasn't seen in 
how many years I forget, but maybe 40 plus years ever since he was a kid and you were sort of a part of that, you know, helping set that up and you were there for the meeting. What was that experience like? I mean, for Joseph and for you. Yeah. So, so after spending time on country, I came back to Sydney and I, I spoke to people in the Croatian community about Joseph and um, I spoke to a woman called Sonia Palic, who's involved with the Chamber of Commerce. And then she, and also I, I mentioned it to Her Excellency Betty Pavlic, who's, she also, you know, word got around and, and I got this call from a lady called Mirjana Cesta, who's the president of an organization, a fantastic organization called Croatia House. It's kind of like um, an Alliance Francais or a Goethe Institute, but for Croatian culture that's uh, pretty much volunteer base and uh, a brilliant organization and a brilliant team. And she approached me and said, hey, I understand you know uh, an artist from the, the desert who's part Aboriginal, part Croatian, and we're doing an art exhibition of um, Australian artists with Croatian heritage. And I went, I'm not 100% sure that he's actually Croatian, but I'm pretty sure. And she went, oh, no, no worries, we'll, we'll, we'll bring him in, you know. and. Um, and so she and Croatia House brought brought Joseph in, and so he was one of five of, of these artists of this art exhibition, including a very esteemed Australian um, Croatian artist called uh, Charles Bilic. And, and Charles Bilic has been commissioned by the Vatican to do a, a, a skyline, a cityscape of the Vatican. So, so for Joseph to come from the desert to be exhibiting at an art exhibition with an artist who's been commissioned by the Vatican, <laughs> that's just awesome so so he came along but through social media without wanting to blow the story too much but through social media he ends up finding his family and ends up finding his dad and and that was just a beautiful and, and magical chain of events and I'll, I'll never forget you know firstly i called his cousin his, his, name, his name was yossip top guy and and just said, hey, I'm Joseph's friend and and I'd, I'd love to to talk and meet you, but I'd also love to know about his father. And he goes, yeah, no, he lives in Sydney, never married. He's uh, living in Redfern. And this is where I got very sensitive because I don't need to explain that, but it's, it's very... So I just said, look, uh, Joseph, please, can you call his father and, and ask him if it's okay that I call him? Because I would totally respect if if... Any, 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 you know, I just respect that. I just have to be so respectful in that, in that circumstance. And anyway, the father said it was okay. So I call him up, you know, hello, hello. Uh, yeah, missing to have us seen. Yeah, told me a seen. It's like, uh, uh, yeah, kafu, moje. <laughs> and then we have our first coffee of many, and then it culminated into to, to Joseph coming to Sydney and um, being embraced so beautifully and warmly by his family, his father, the Croatian community, even the Republic of Croatia through Her Excellency Betty Pavlich and, and Consul General um, Ivica Glasnovic. They, they also embraced him. Like, it was just this incredible... Uh, display of what I believe to be our our warmth and and hospitality and 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 love of 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 you know love that we have you know and that we that we're capable of and and I I, I just think that uh, story uh, indicates that so 
anyway, but let other people see and have their own opinion. <laughs> uh-huh. I have to say I haven't blown the story too much. Yeah, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I won't. I won't uh, put any more bloopers or any more. Uh, what do you call those? But spoilers. Spoilers. Blanking yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on my English as I was trying to remember the the Croatian you said because I was going to say that sounds like the most Croatian way to you know go meet up for someone. Možemo na kavu, može. That's classic. Uh, but yeah. you also met um, you also meet a lot of other Croatians during the film. I thought it was funny at one point you even see a, you know a Croatian restaurant or a restaurant with the checkers and you go on in and you start talking with the guy and you know everyone's got their own sort of similar story of you know immigrating from Croatia and I think a lot of not just to Australia but you know sort of all over the world definitely in my experience as well in the US uh, Croatians who immigrate from Croatia a lot of them you know end up from end up with nothing in the new country maybe they had nothing before or maybe they had something but you know in their new country where they immigrate to they have nothing and they sort of make something out of no- nothing um and do you think that's something, is that something that you've also noticed in, you know, sort of the, in the Croatian diaspora, the similar stories yeah. about that? Yeah, yeah, I think that's pretty universal. And it, it was said by by that gentleman in, in, in the interview about this uh, work ethic that, you know, sometimes we go back to Croatia and go, huh, hang on, <laughs> they're not working as hard as, as it now. That's not, not everybody, of course, I'll be very careful there. But, uh, <laughs> I think, I think. But there, there's this sort of work ethic that does exist there. There's this, yeah, um, you know, work brings salvation sort of ethic. And also there's this honor in in work and honor in hard, honest work. You know, I, I, I don't, generally speaking, I don't think Croatians would be viewed as tricky that are trying to find a way to lazily uh defraud wealth from somewhere else or someone else there's this real honesty and 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 the golden word you know what you say you do or you don't say it and and uh, there's yeah there's this strong integrity in that and it's very universal from my travels as well and certainly it was on display in in making the film and in in meeting people quite by chance but also through by by design, uh, a common thread uh, that that exists there, and and I, I hope that continues to exist by generation and generation. You know, the the Chinese say the wealth only goes for three generations. You know, the ones that make it, the ones that maintain it, the ones that don't value it and spend it. And I, I don't think we're we're like that. Um, I'm not sure, but I I, I hope not. I, I hope that we can maintain that those qualities, and and the film certainly highlights those qualities of the positive contribution whether it's in 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 more uh you know manual like uh, farming but even though the farmers that we meet you, you can see how entrepreneurial they were just within a few generations to to what sort of uh wealth that they created not only for themselves but for the economy that they're involved with but but also in academia and and the arts we see that and and in entrepreneur entrepreneurially as well so there's all, all these different disciplines that are showcased in the film of of the contribution of a of a, of australian migrants uh with origins from croatia and to ultimately joseph uh, we see as 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 also a great um, uh example of 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 
of what we become and, and one of the sort of subheadings to the film to Countrymen is that we are the living history. You know, we're, we're a product of that Teshkoche, uh, that, that hardship or that, not only hardship, but also that pioneering spirit of having the gumption to go to such a, a distant lands and also culturally so distant and, and take that risk and, and, and make something of it. And, and we are, you know, and, 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 and you too, you know, we are this uh, living history, the living result of, of, of that hard work. And we, we, better, we better hold that mantle well, you know, we better <laughs> value it. And I think, I think we've all would have been uh, victim, maybe also of the older generations just shaking their heads at us going, ah, you don't know what it's like, you know. <laughs> But, um, but we have to value that and, and, and live and c celebrate and cherish that. And I think in some ways the film is a dedication to that as well, mm -hmm. you know, to that um, uh, hardship and courage to, to come to these distant lands, wherever they are, US, New Zealand, or so many places, and, and to make, make good and contribute, you know. We've even got people that are presidents now, I think, you know, in, in Latin America, you know, yeah. we've got people all over the place. It's, it's great, you know. That's right. Yeah. I think Boric in, I think Chile or Argentina, I think Chile. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, Peter, just a few more questions here as we're sort of winding down. I know you wanted me to ask about the soundtrack. Um, you had an interesting story about, you know, some Australian band and then as well as uh, one of the Croatian songs that is a continuous sort of theme in the film. Yeah. So the opening track is by Leibach. So I used a little bit of music by Leibach, which is they're a bit of a, they're a Slovenian band. They're uh, an avant-garde band and, and they are artists that make music and they, they're very much exploring amongst many things identity. And so the opening track is called Bratmoj, uh, which uh, if you look up the Slovenian verses actually are very, very indicative of what's about to happen throughout the film. Then. While, while I was in Alice Springs, I met with this band that was some sort of a mix between uh, Iggy Pop and The Doors and The Stooges and The Dead Kennedys all mixed together. They're this incredible uh, energy, energetic band. And I was blown away when I saw them in Alice Springs while on, on the road trip. And I, I conducted an interview and I will publish that interview at some stage, but they, they absolutely acknowledge that they're a product, their sound is a product of the country that they're in. Alice Springs is right in the heart of Australia, just 500 kilometers, which isn't far from uh, Uluru, the, the big rock in the center. And they, yeah, they totally got the idea of relationship to country and being a product of country. And so their music, I, I put across a lot of the visuals, especially the desert visuals, because it is music of that land. And so that was one element of the music. I use a few of their tracks, actually, when the father meets the son also. I use one of their ballads, which is a really beautiful ballad. Then there's another track, which is of a young kid singing. And it's something like Plovi Celebrinim Yesets or something like that. Uh, it's like based on the silvery moon. And the verses are singing, singing to someone, singing to the moon, to tell the moon, to tell his mother many, many miles away back in the Rodney Krai to not be sad because this beautiful song about someone looking at the moon and lamenting about their ancestral land. 
Now, that song by that kid is a recording that my late father did in 1961 when he first went back to Korchula. He brought a magnetophone. He brought a reel-to-reel recorder, a great, great big deck, and I think it was the first one ever to come to the village. And at the big gathering of the whole family, um, his nephew, Milos, Mali Milos, sung this song to him as a sort of song of greeting to to the, you know, Barba is Australia, you know, the uncle who's come back from Australia to sing this greeting. So so that song is literally my late father's nephew singing to him about returning to his Rodney Krai, to his ancestral land. That's that song. That's awesome. Yeah, I thought the soundtrack incomplete was done really well. Like I said, I'm a big music guy. I was telling you earlier. Yeah, I thought it really added a lot to the film. Um, Peter, I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast and, you know, sort of final final thoughts here and questions where has the documentary been shown so far you know where can people watching or listening you know to us now watch it um is it available yeah we've done uh, numerous cinema screenings around australia we've done about nine so far right around the country with q a screenings which has been wonderful because people respond quite a lot to this film not only with croatian heritage and for joseph and i to be present to, to talk about it has been very uh, moving for us and and very enjoyable as well but we have had people wanting to see it and and asking to see it especially those that have missed the screenings in Australia so we're now putting it onto a uh, it's called an OTT platform and I can give you the link so that you can put that on for your viewers if they want to have a look at it so then 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 it can be viewed um, by anyone at home which um, which is good because we've been wanting to to get that out the other screening that we're looking at having to be confirmed, but we're looking at having a Zagreb screening in January. No. Oh. And it might be on Australia Day. Now I can't confirm it quite yet, but that will be very exciting. So that and, and if we're going to have a, a Zagreb screening, then we'll try and do a screening also somewhere where Joseph comes from, which I'm not gonna say, you've got to have something to look at in the film. And also in Korchula, where, where my origins are from. So we might do a little bit of a, a roadshow of screen, cinema screenings also in a similar format of a Q&A, especially in, in towns where there's a lot of... Uh, well, most towns do have a lot of diaspora. So, so yeah, so the link um, will be available for, for you and your viewers and, and also hopefully we'll bring it to Croatia in, in a couple of months. Oh, awesome. Well, yeah, definitely. I'll include the link uh, in the podcast description. So anyone listening or watching now can go ahead and click on that. Yeah, if you guys come to Zagreb for that, I mean, I'll be here. So I'll for sure have to go and, and check that out. That'll be awesome. I'll get you a ticket. Awesome. Well, Peter, thank you so much again for coming on, uh, taking the time to be on the podcast. I really enjoyed the film. I think it's great what you're doing. And um, yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I look forward to meeting you in, in person. And yeah, it's been great to be here. Thank you.